time to get up, get out of bed. Fill your cup and get ahead with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Now from the studios of Fox Sports Knoxville, this is 3 and Out with Nate Hodges and Houston Kress. Fan Run Radio. To the end zone and caught for the touchdown, McCoy. Milton to Brew McCoy. Milton going to take a shot wide open and just strutting in his Keaton. Joe Milton does it again. Best formation football there is. And that feeling for Josh Heupel. The Tennessee Volunteers are the champions of the Capital One Orange Bowl. And Joe Milton has got to feel great. Good parts, Bill Self, shake hands. Tennessee, they're your champs. The bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis goes to the Volunteers. And they were the bad boys from the jump in this one. That's an interesting question. This is a smooth shot. Wake up, squirrels. You got a visitor into the trees. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. You tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me. You hear? Hell's coming with me. Seltzer Studios of Fan Run Radio. Fast break Friday edition of 3 and Out. Nate Hodges, Houston Crest, Adam Hickman, intern Brett. Locked in, ready. Game day for the Big 12 SEC challenge, shootout, challenge, challenge. Challenge, Challenge. Yeah. Can't be shootout. Oh, good point. Come on, man. Right. There's no Alabama big, in the big, big 12 Jeez. already. <laughs> I mean, Speaking of G's. I mean, really. like, Nah, but the uh, the Big 12 already made a ruling on that. Oh, what? Red oh, River. Yeah, yeah. So it's a challenge? Who's challenging who? Who's the challenger? Who's the champ? It's a challenge for everybody. What happened last year? Who won it last year? Anybody remember? We did not help the cause. Mm-hmm. Came close. But I've... I know Kentucky's playing Kansas, but I kind of feel like we're the marquee marquee matchup. Oh, no, we are. I mean, game day picked us. All right, so last year in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, TCU knocked off LSU. Okay. 
Crush, you keep them count here? I got you. No, Hodges has Auburn was ranked number one in the country at the time, throwback. They knocked off really? Oklahoma. Last year they were? I guess they did yeah. have that stretch. I mean, oh, yeah. Kessler and Smith. Like two years ago they were kind of surprisingly good, and then last year they were loaded. Yeah, so one-to-one one right now. All right. Are you keeping score or is Nate keeping score? I got it. I got it. Got it. Okay. My Iowa State Cyclones okay. put a beat down on Missouri. Okay. Arkansas beat West Virginia. All right. Alabama beat Baylor. Okay. Ole Miss beat Kansas State. Hey, all right. All right. that's a bad loss for Kansas State. All right. Florida beat Oklahoma State. All right. Well, we got at least a tie. Kentucky stomped a mud hole in Kansas. Six to two. Texas Tech beat Mississippi State. Six to three. three. And Texas beat Tennessee. Six four, SEC, last year. All right, so the Big Twelve is challenging the champion, the SEC for the belt. One last year. Wish they did give out a belt. That'd be kind of nice. Yeah, see, that'd be cool. Well, who uh, Sankey? Sankey's like, God, oh, this thing. Can you imagine? He's like walking like he would. <laughs> the guy who did nothing <laughs> involved in really any the of the sports. I'm in Texas. Are coming over. The SEC Big Twelve challenge. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, done. It, this is the last year of it. Oh, then we're probably going to go to the ACC. Huh? Maybe the Big Ten. I don't know. Oh, to play. I was like, what are you talking about? No, not move. Who's yeah, going? like we're going like, to go going to them for the, the challenge. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Vols busting out some new unis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You saw those, did you? I did. What do you think? I, I like them. You like, look, you like them? I thought they looked pretty good. I think they look awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great looking uniform. It's a throwback. I'm usually not a huge fan of throwbacks, but those are, those are a good look. Like LSU, they were talking about. Oh, how, those are bad. Yeah, I, I Missouri's mean, busting out some too that are just really bad. Very just, just super '90s vibes. I Not think, great. I think I'm kind of getting. Um, it's like, it's like I'm old now, I guess. So it's like the reverse, mm. but it's kind of like in reverse. It's like the younger folks, you know, the Hickmans of the world, seem to like the really weird, like curly fonted old, you know, retro stuff. Yeah, because I guess that's. Opposite of the way it used to be, like you know how these things just kind of go back and forth. So now mm-hmm. the old person in me is like, I don't like those. Like just give me a, just give me the normal font. Like I don't, you know. It used to be the old people like the retro because you know it's a throwback to like their era. Mm. So, but now because you're saying they threw it back too far. Every, well, every new younger generation wants to do everything the opposite of the generation before. It feels like so mm. it's just kind of this pendulum that just swings back and forth. You so we had the Chris Lofton. There were all these steel shots going around of Chris Lofton, and and the basketball uniforms that he was wearing at the time. Yeah, I mean, now like all uniforms are about as tight as they've ever been. Agree. In, no, Bruce, in, Bruce in, Pearl's years here, I've never seen shorts that big. I mean, you remember? I mean, you're you're a little younger than I am, but like in the late '90s when I was playing high school basketball. We 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 fought tooth and nail for the largest pair yes. of shorts. I remember the like our JV uniform. Well, you know why that was. You know who started that? Fab Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The but it, our JV uniforms were still, they were still technically kind of short shorts a little bit because they were they had been passed down to the yeah. JV team yeah. and they'd never been upgraded. So we would essentially, I, I think I wore like f- the ones that were like forty in the waist. Because that got them longer. Yeah. But my crotch was like way down, you know, and then I had uh, to take. I bet it was. Yeah. And then I had to take the, the drawstring, you know, because that was probably like a, you know, like a, a 22 at the time, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I couldn't, 
it's like 100 pounds soaking wet. So I had to like pull the drawstring, the strings like out to here, and then tie them up a million times just so that my shorts would like almost make the knee, you know? Right, right. <laughs> it was bad. Well, what, what are you laughing at? I just see, we just fall over the parish. See, they're like rolling them up. Yeah, yeah. Like the girls' soccer team. Which is a technical foul, or it was when I was in high really? school. Really? Yep. That's also weird. I never understood why the refs cared so much about the uniforms. It's just some type of power trip. Thankfully, we didn't have to fight over size. We just had to avoid the white the white shorts that had the brown stain on the butt. Mm, yeah. Everybody Don't know was what trying it was. to dodge that one. We always just made sure the same kid got them every night. Every night. There was a stretch where yeah. you couldn't even, like, the whole team had to have the sock height, like, close. Like, you couldn't. No, I, don't, I remember that. Yeah, like, like if one, like, if, you know, one guy wanted to wear, like, both socks up. Oh, and you couldn't do one up. They had to be the same height. So, like, if, if you want to wear, everybody wanted to wear, like, the socks up, everybody had to do it. Or everybody had to wear, like, normal, you know, like, I mean, you could have some, like, at crew length and some at, like, yeah. short you know, whatever, or no show. But, like, if we were going like, to do, like, the high socks, it had to be like, okay, everybody's doing high socks. It was a whole thing. It's like, why do the refs care? It's high school basketball. Anyway. If someone ever played basketball with low socks, you knew that person was probably a psycho. How low do you say low Like, so- barely like, visible. Like, no shows? Why did that, that make him a psycho? Uh, it's just... History would always history repeat itself. You'd see it one time, and next thing you know, everybody that did it, it's like there's just something about that kid. That's I feel like there was a stretch crazy. where that's the only thing you could do, or you were like a complete dork when I was playing. It had to be the, sh- the short socks. But then there was a stretch where occasionally we would all wear like the giant tube socks. And sometimes if we'd, we'd do like the retro look, they even had the stripes on them. Like a, like like the old uh, like old, old ABA uniform or something, you know. The key is like you want it like this high above the top of the shoe, like this much sock showing when See, you're I think playing that's basketball. The, that's, that's, that's the, the worst, worst look, look ever. I, Cress has talked me into going back into the the crew height some because I noticed I just I noticed he did that and some other guys did that. So I'm, I have crew length. Socks the best now. is to get the knee high socks and then just kind of bunch them down just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's that. That's a popular look. Like the crew length was out, and then it was all mm. of a sudden when I was coaching. All of a sudden, all the guys on the on the boys team, you know, they crew were, length back in. Yeah, mm. back in. Nike would make they made the ones with like kind of like the dashes down the back. Does that yep. make sense? Yep, yep. So I had the check on the side, dash down the back. That's what everybody wore for I don't know a whole six or seven years. I don't even I don't even, I don't even pay attention anymore. I don't know what are the Tennessee guys how they wear their socks now. Uh, it's all over the place. Okay. All over the board. Now I'm pulling up these uniforms again. I just glanced at them quickly. I liked them. It's something that didn't uh, sound like a hard take. I think the fact that like it's the script Vols is only four letters. I like that better. For some reason, I don't like a like a script or cursive look on like the whole Tennessee. I'm total opposite. But the fact that it's just Vols like looks good because it's it's big enough. Like it's something that's script that's real long. It, it's like it's almost like hard to read. I mean, you know what it says, but it's kind of hard to read. Doesn't the baseball team have do the cursive type stuff? It's a little different, but yeah. Yeah, and I don't think I like it as much. That's a good point. It's Vols. Well, that one, maybe that. 
I think I'm thinking. Maybe I'm just thinking. Are you thinking of the Tennessee different. with like the Nike font that's like very angled to look like Tennessee? No, no, that's I, I know what that looks. I like. I don't like that at all. You don't like the Nike no. font? That's our font. I mean, it's they just our Nike they font. just trimmed some letters so that they were like kind of the shape of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well, this this is good. This is good. Is that a cream jersey? Is that a light cream it jersey? Looks, it looks kind of creamsicle, yeah. Cool. Cool. Did you watch the big showdown last night? Mm-mm. You didn't watch any of it? Nope. Not a single second? Nope. It's the biggest game of the year. I know. What were you doing at 8 o'clock? Having dinner. Where? The moon? Vita. Oh, my God. Ooh, yeah, hey. (laughs) I forgot I had a dinner. I forgot I had a dinner. It started at 7, so I thought I could catch the second half, but we had a great time. It kind of bled over, and by the time we were walking out, I checked the score, and it was over, buddy. I mean, I could have watched the last... People would have said that at the end of the first quarter. Well, sorry. I guess they would have been right. (laughs) But we fought back. They hustled. They got it to one point in the third quarter. Oh, really? Yeah. Imagine if UConn would have had those two best players that they didn't have that you were talking Imagine about. Imagine if we'd had Tamari Key, you idiot. I did check the score as soon as enough. we walked out of the restaurant. I was like, all right, too bad. So you didn't see Gino's halftime rant? No, is that what you were doing when I walked in this morning? Yeah. I figured. figured that was from somebody last night. I checked the score well, once. Or Holly Rowe just had to stand there. And oh, is it Holly? Between yeah. Calipari she's, and Gino. She's getting eat up here. Yeah. She has one question. The guy goes off on a rant. That, How least, do I address it? How do I address it? At least she's you not like racist, you know? Yeah, that's anti-racist, Holly, Holly Rowe. Yeah, make sure you have that. That's the first thing in her bio. That's good. Remember that whole thing? People, people tell you what they are, what they're not. Not what they're not. It's weird. Very weird. Yeah, she is anti-racist. Okay, <laughs> got it. Oh, Gino, what's he mad about? I mean, they he w- thought the officiating changed rules in the uh, second quarter. <laughs> I mean, they were up what? He said that's thirty. He said that's what that's what happens when you come down here. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was mad because they only scored seven points in the second quarter. Yeah, after thirty-three in the first. Well, they also missed a shot. Finally, yeah, that's true too. Thankfully, they're so much better; they were able to overcome it. So he's uh, what are you what are you doing? Like, he, so he you won't saying, you won't you don't like women's basketball, so you root against the Lady Vols in four Connecticut? No, I hate Gino. You said thankfully. I'm just talking about the players and the teams, not the coaches. Yeah, Higman, you can't. I can't no, you're you you're being a dick. Like you can't do that. I checked the score once. They just out athlete us. <laughs> That's why we got off to such a terrible start. They were running circles around some of our girls up there. Mm. We're slow, buddy. Yeah. Wow, Horson had 27 off the bench. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, imagine she, she was, just started. Yeah. Mm. She took 22 shots. I mean, and I guess should have because. I mean, played hard except for the beginning of the game. <laughs> yeah, Jackson was 6 of 14. 13. Was the only two people that could stay on the court with him. <laughs> Seriously, though, like once we got past Horston and Jackson, and Horston got, she ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. She had to take a, a break, like right. right, really right when we needed her. She scored like five or six straight, 
and then got the ball stolen, and she was going back to get on defense, and Connecticut was just pulling away from her as she sprinted. Mm. That Lou Lopez Cinemoir, yeah, she was uh, unbelievable, and I really wanted to hate her. <laughs> and then her post game interview, she like grew up in France, mm. playing basketball, yeah, and then just like somehow Connecticut found her. And she's like, I'm so thankful for UConn. I was just like, damn it. <laughs> she was like really nice. Mm, well, you know. That's kind of what I was asking yesterday. Like how big a – I mean, we we knew we would probably lose. Yeah, yeah. Like how big a deal is it, you know? Uh, I mean, it's still a big deal. I mean, college game day was there. Yeah. Crowd was good. I not heard a, not college a game day was just a UConn love fest from the sounds of Twitter. Mm, really? That that surprises me since um, Andrea Carter and Carolyn Peck were on it. Yeah, it's way back pat. I mean. Yeah, and the other lady who does the show, I can't remember her name, but she's a SEC girl. She's a Georgia fan. Well, I didn't watch, but that's just what Twitter said. The one part I tuned in for, Seth Greenberg was on there. I thought that was kind of strange. He knows basketball. He knows Got the Knoxville well, I thought he was on – he never does men's anymore. I never see him on like ESPN coverage. For Seth men's. Greenberg? Is he on there much? Yeah, he no. does their – he's their halftime in-studio guy. And then the other guys seem to rotate around a little bit. He might do a lot of ACC network stuff too. Yeah. That might be why you're missing him. Yeah. Since he was Greenberg, Virginia Tech guy. No, he's on ESPN like all the time. Well, I know. I'm just saying like they've got the. Sometimes we forget there's this ACC network. That, Who cares? Uh, yeah, I mean, I never watch it. But at least we had Rebecca Lobo on the call. You wouldn't know. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, like, seriously. I mean, we get Dane Bradshaw for the men all the time. Yeah, but it's a little bit different when it's, like, the ESPN game of the week. And it's UConn, Tennessee, and it's Rebecca Lobo, who had probably the most embarrassing five minutes of her life when there was a double intentional foul called, and she just could not understand how the UConn girl got called for a foul, even though the whole thing started with a hook and hold that was missed. And then she wraps her leg around Rakia Jackson, and then Rakia Jackson throws her leg off. She's like, well, if you if you grab my leg, I'm kicking you too. I mean, it was just awful. It was so bad. She's in, she's always been insufferable. She's Becca Lobo. Maybe she missed it. What? Maybe she just missed what happened. No, it's because she played at UConn. I know. Oh no! You didn't watch the game. Why don't you uh, just be quiet? You didn't watch the game. You're just making comments out of your, you know what? So just, just, just be quiet. Maybe she missed it. Yeah, with the six monitors there that they reviewed for five minutes, she probably just missed I it. I mean, she doesn't review it. The rest do. She reviews it to talk about it. She was describing it as it happened. She saw it. She just didn't want to admit the fact that that girl was. What's it called? What's it called when you grab someone with your legs? Scissors, like you like grab someone yeah. with their legs. You know what I'm saying? Like wrap your leg around another leg. Yeah, like they do it in UFC. Like the guy gets behind him and he oh, puts the legs around the waist and then he like locks his legs. Scissor and gets kicking. Him in the... No, Hickman. It's like this. It's like a grapple. Like a grapple, yeah. Leg grapple. So it was. Uh... Yeah, I'm watching some highlights here. It was close in the third. I'm glad. I'm glad that happened because there's nothing worse than. Going to a big game, you know, you get that first quarter and they just pull it away and, like, never making it a thing. But had had it cut to two. Cool. Transition three. Huh. 
How close did it get in the fourth quarter? Mm, Not close. I think it started at five. Five or so. And then uh, bombing threes. The French, the French girl. Yeah, she had 14 assists. She was killing it, too. Yeah, she was really good. Wait, what'd you say? The French girl, four or six from three. She yeah, 11 of 16 from the floor, only because she missed one, like, basically at the buzzer because the shot clock was running down. She had 26. Yeah, that's pretty good. So they were, they were kind of balanced, huh? I mean, usually Gino just has, like, some all-world player that he just rides the whole time. Yeah, uh, he has two things. of them. They're on the bench. So they went to this girl, Lou Lopez Senegal. Sine- mm-hmm. And boy, was she good. Man, he played his starting five, like, the whole game. He had to. They don't have any depth. Wow. Okay. What you thought would have helped us, but it really didn't. <sighs> we didn't get much from the bench other than Horston. That Hollingshed girl, she played really well. She came yeah. off the bench, got twenty five minutes. Eleven points. We need, we need more rebounds. We need more shooters. Okay. And more team speed. Yeah, we gotta get yeah. gotta get faster. Quick I don't know if it's a training issue, a recruiting issue, or an effort issue, but all of which can be fixed. <laughs> well, yeah. Some I mean, more immediately than others. I mean in college basketball, you know, you can't just get new players. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brad wanted you to know that Connecticut shot 70% in the first quarter. It was actually like 71.9% in the wow. first quarter. I, I swear it was like it was like 11 of their first 13 shots. Kelly, she would not call a timeout. I was like, call no, a timeout. No, she wouldn't. She would not. She just let it play out. And then finally the quarter in, or the TV timeout happened. But she would not. She just sat there and went, play on, let's go. Down 15 to 5, 17-5. After layup, after layup. <sighs> Change something. All right, we turn our attention to the men's game next. Stick with us right here on 3 and Out. Welcome back to 3 and Out Friday edition of the program. Oh, yeah, it is Friday. There were a few uh, big games in college basketball last night. Purdue beat Michigan 75-70. Good. Michigan now 11-9 and overall, 5-4 and in the Big Ten. Things not going great, even still with Hunter Dickinson, who did have 21. But Edie had 19, and Purdue gets the big road win in the conference. Uh, Arizona went on the road and beat Washington State by 5 Kind of gutted one out there. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Washington State beat them in the first matchup. So to go on the road and win. Guess who led Washington State, at least as the top performer on ESPN, maybe not be the most. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, Justin Powell. See that, Hickman? How many did he have? 15. 15. Nine rebounds. Who'd they beat? No, they lost, they lost Arizona. Arizona no. by five. But they beat Arizona earlier, and I think he had 12 in that one. Uh, big upset as UCLA and USC Huge. played their rivalry game, and the Trojans win 77-64 at home. Hey, just building our uh, yeah. strength of schedule. That's, I forgot about that. You're right. And then uh, the only other top 25 matchup, Florida Atlantic, who's come out of nowhere. They're 20-1 and one now. Dang. Uh, beat MTSU. They're ranked 21st in the country all of a sudden. 
FAU. Got a squad, apparently. Michigan State hung on to beat Iowa by two. I guess that's uh, going to help Kentucky's strength schedule a little bit, even though they lost that game. Mm. Yeah, then a bunch of uh, schools named after rocks and trees and water played. Memphis beat SMU. Yeah, and a lot of smaller schools. Like Stony Brook, mm. Rock and Water. Stony Brook, yeah. Mm-hmm. Checks out. Yep. Rice. Lots of directionals, you know. Western Illinois beat South Dakota. Yep. Grand Canyon got the win over Abilene Christian. Lopes up. It's good for Billy. I kind of made the rocks and water joke, but. Poor Billy went all the way out. True. We went all the way out there to Phoenix, Longwood, and Grand Canyon was on like a like a road a road cycle. Like uh, they weren't playing at home at all. He was so mad. Bummer. Couldn't see his lopes. It's been nice. Good to go on a trip. Hmm? You're working your way there now. You know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Little yeah, no, Little Rock. No other uh, Southeast Louisiana. Green Bay. Uh, Oregon beat Colorado. Did you already say that. Uh, Colorado, Colorado sucks, golly. But we thank them for waking us up. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Think about it. Other two losses are to Arizona on the road mm-hmm. in Kentucky. I mean, those aren't. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. That's blue bloods that you lost to. Yep. And then Colorado. Do y'all consider Arizona a blue blood? No. They're on the fringe there. They're, you know? No, they're fringe, but I don't. I don't consider them a blue blood. I did this, and I can't remember. Mm. I can't remember if I had them in or out. They were very close. They're in like that Michigan State territory. I think Michigan State's just a blue blood. To me, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, (laughs) Kentucky, UCLA. About like Villanova. Uh, they're a new blood, but now they're not because they suck this year. <laughs> they're uh, oh, Villanova's tough. It's hard. It's hard when they had when they've won a natty like a long time ago, and then they won one recently. Yeah, and then just the but gap. in between, I don't know. Indiana. Oh yeah, Indiana. Forgot about them. Auburn fans like to try and make the push and say that they're a blue blood in basketball. Auburn? What? I, no, I don't. I don't no, know if they're no. joking, but yeah, they're joking. Yeah. They have. If to be. they're not joking, they're a joke. Yeah. So no. <laughs> Can these are this is all time wins Kansas Kentucky North Carolina Duke they're all blue bloods for sure uh, Temple is next I don't I don't consider them one Syracuse after that and then UCLA uh, Notre Dame but they've just been playing longer than anyone else like they go back to 1898 like when Kansas started I I don't think they're a blue blood uh, St John's in Indiana Cincinnati Purdue Illinois Utah Western Kentucky don't consider any of those. You get to Villanova and Arizona next. When when I did this, I literally got to Louisville, and obviously their colors are red, and that was like the line. It was like I had all the literally blue teams got to Louisville, and was like, eh. and Arizona is a. I blue thought I and said Louisville team. wasn't, and you said they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, that, but that was like the line. It was like Louisville was the last one in the way we ranked it, because that's where you said nope on Louisville. I said yes, mm. and that, and then I think whoever we got to next, we both said no. Did we t- so we had six. 
Kentucky, UCLA, North Carolina, Kansas, Duke, and Indiana. No, that was six. Oh yeah. And then I had Louisville. Did we? And we, we said we, we said no maybe, in Arizona. Maybe Villanova. I don't think we even considered Villanova. Maybe yeah, we should. But, uh, this list says the next four should be Louisville, Connecticut, Michigan State, and Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, UConn's won two national championships in the last, what, 12 years? Uh, they had three in 12 years. Uh, they've had nine Elite Eights since 1990. Does it really? Might have been more than that, actually, now. This is a pretty old list. Ah, who cares? Well... Got, I feel like uh, Michigan State recently is, but I don't know that I don't know their long term history. I just know under Izzo and like Izzo, if you just I, snapshot Izzo's career, I'd say they've been a blue blood under him. He won a national championship in two thousand. He just won one, two. Yeah, from the team cleat. See, I don't think one. I think in my head, maybe I'm wrong, but in my, in head, my head, you have to like I have to be able to think of two great coaches for the for I, the program oh, has to transcend okay, okay. one guy like okay. Gonzaga. Mark Few could win the next three natties, and I wouldn't say Gonzaga's a blue blood. Unless they keep it rolling with the next guy. Yeah, unless the next guy wins three more over a 20 years of like making the tournament every year. Like it just. All right, this says UCLA, which I would agree. I mean, they're just they were just so dominant, like it's hard to kick them out. They'd have to be bad for a long time to like lose that status. Kentucky, obviously, North Carolina and Duke, uh, those are easy calls. And Kansas, that's five. This list, and this was done in 2022, so it's pretty fresh. Uh, has Syracuse next? Mm-hmm. I don't think of them as one. Well, then, Bayheim's been there since he was like 18. Then there's Indiana. Yeah. Um, I, I, they do have Michigan State next, but uh, does it? It just mentions Izzo, so I don't. Then Louisville. I couldn't name another Michigan State coach outside of Tom Izzo ever. I guess for me, it's a like I feel like Louisville's always a basketball city. Like Michigan State is not. Like if Tom Izzo never goes to Michigan State, I don't think they're they care more about football. Like it's weird. Hmm. So anyway, that's a tough one. And then Villanova's next. I so. have a friend who says, "Is Duke really a blue blood based on your coaching criteria?" Didn't they stink booty until uh, Coach K got there? That's a, that's, that's a great point. That would make the argument stronger for Be- Bayheim if. Uh, Hmm. Really good point. Is Bayheim? How many titles does he have? Uh, he won the one with Carmelo. Did he win or, another uh, one? I thought he had another I one. I thought he had two. Uh, Tom Izzo has, Izzo just has one, one, two, three, four. Tom Izzo is fifth all time in Final Four appearances with eight. Really? But just the one title? Just one title. Coach K has 13. Duke is fourth in all time wins among basketball teams, like programs. So, I mean, Bayheim has one. Yeah, that's it. Yep. O two, o three. Syracuse. I don't even know how many they have as a program. Maybe one other one I can think of. Coleman hmm. or whatever. I doubt you can think of it. I would love to know since he's been coaching there since he was uh, since nineteen seventy six. Yeah. How many does Izzo have? K has what? One, two, three, five, four, five. Like tons of yeah. What natties? Or yeah, Final Fours. Izzo has. Izzo's got eight Final Fours. Coach K has five national championships. 
Wait a minute. What? Yes. So he won it in 2000? Who? Izzo? Yeah, 2000. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Syracuse should count. Uh, they also sneak into the tournament a lot of times when they shouldn't. And so. then get hot. Tom Izzo has made a Final Four. He's averaged a Final Four since 2000 when the national championship. He's averaged making a Final Four once every four years. Hmm. They don't call it. Since when? January, February, Izzo for nothing. Since 2000. Syracuse, Bayham just has the one, and they haven't won since between 1924 and 1950 was their other one, and then 1911 and 1924 they had one. So they have three total. And how many years of basketball? Michigan State won the 78-79 national championship with a different coach. So, I don't know. No, there you go. Yeah. All right. Magic Johnson. Did he win one? Didn't he beat Bird and... Oh, well, that would have been that year, right? Or, I don't know if he went back to back, but I know it was one of those years. Might have been 79. Magic won it. Had to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Final segment. Hour one next. Phone calls are brought to you on the Big Orange Philly phone lines, 865-546-8200. If you want to weigh in on the program, huge, huge game. Last chance to put our stamp on someone, our brand, so to speak, on someone that uh, is outside the conference for the resume. You want number one seed at the end of the year. You're like, hey, hey, hey. Look at this. This, It'd go a long way. Look at this Kansas win. Hey, hey, hey. You guys have the Big 12 ranked number one in your conference. Check out this Texas beatdown. It's a big opportunity tomorrow. I'm excited about it. Let's go to the phones. we got Jay on the horn. What's up, Jay? You're on three and out. Well, guys, can we get the uh, the new uniforms? Can we just make those permanent? Jay's in love, apparently. They're great-looking uniforms. Hey, I'm all for it. Let's get some orange ones and let's roll. All righty. I mean, they're modern, but classic. Mm-hmm. It's good. Good material. Perfect blend. Hmm. Well, boys, uh, that that was kind of tough last night. Uh, I hate Gino Oriema, and that was tough to see the, to see the girls get beat like that. Yeah. Um, especially, like, obviously they he has better players, and I think Kelly Harper has done a good job, like, recruiting. We've got to get a little bit more development. But the fact that they basically played five girls the whole night and we couldn't do anything with our depth to like overcome that. Mm-hmm. That was frustrating. Yep. I mean, especially yep. like Gino had said after the game, like you know, we came out on fire in the first quarter. Then we got tired. The second quarter was tough. Then we got some rest at halftime. And you would have hoped that midway through that third quarter, we would have really started to make a push. 
and they just they had two players that just kept hitting shots. Um, and it it felt like we had to. Go, I haven't watched a ton, but apparently Rakia Jackson did not have her best game last night. And then obviously Horston didn't start the game, but she was really really good when she was on the floor. But they had two girls, one in the post and one on the perimeter, that we just had no answer for. And it it didn't help Jay that they came out and shot seventy percent in the first quarter. I mean they mm-hmm. they could they couldn't miss. I mean I've I've never seen a team that proficient from the mid range jumper spot. It was ridiculous. But we've got to get we've got to get faster, and we've got to get some shooters. Because it felt like last night your shooters weren't fast enough, and then you'd bring in some speed, and they couldn't shoot. We've got to get some balance on the offensive end of the floor. Well, you know, Houston, Tennessee's a blue blood in lady vaults and women's basketball, mm-hmm. right? 100%. In your in your in your opinion, do you think Kelly Harper, who deserves all the respect in the world because of what she's done and what this university means to her? And where she's from, is she going to be the person that uh, that competes and beats Don Staley, Kim Mulkey, Gina Oriema, you know Stanford, the the guy that's going to be out in Texas, the guy that's out in Texas that's won a title that it's going to be in this conference? Because in my heart of hearts, and it's no disrespect to her, in my heart of hearts, I don't think she's going to be the coach that gets them to that level. And that's the standard, I believe, at Tennessee. I think she could be. I think she has the right makeup. I think what she needs is she needs an X's and O's person. Like we talk about that with yeah. Rick Barnes. Like he gets into March and just like it's the same stuff. Mm-hmm. There were way too many times last night on offense where everybody was just kind of standing around. And I'm not saying in the women's game you better call something every time down the floor, but it felt like they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing a lot of times until they got a call or got late in the shot clock. And then most of those times it was just get it to Horston or Jackson and let them go one-on-one, which is fine if you've got other players, role players, and you play great defense. Last night their defense was not great, and offensively they didn't run enough stuff to get easy looks. Connecticut does not run difficult stuff, but what Connecticut has always done, Geno has always done this against Tennessee – Because Tennessee has always played aggressive, in-your-face, man-to-man defense. That's what they do. And he does a great job of baiting you and getting easy pressure release to the back door. You know, when they penetrate and we collapse on the helpline, their players are always looking for that extra pass where the help comes from. And it's amazing how many times when we've played Geno over the years. And I'm talking, go, go back 20 years ago. He gets mm-hmm. backdoor and pressure release cuts all the time. And he sets it up. And it's a, it's a really good job. And you want to play aggressive man-to-man defense, but you have to be smart. And it just feels like because right now especially, and frankly a lot of the time, he has such good athletes that can also play basketball that they know I'm going to drive, I'm going to get pressure, and then all I have to do is look for this one pass. And it's like we rotate help once, but we don't help the helper a lot defensively. And it's it's like he's two steps ahead of what you're going to do. He knows how you're going to try to combat this, and then when you do, he's got the the next evolution of the play to where, oh, that back door's covered, or you did a great job on help defense, and then he's always got someone running free to the basket or popping free, especially last night for a mid-range jumper. 
Um, it's just a little more evolved thinking, and I don't know if that's the way he develops his players in the offseason. I don't know if that's just what they practice, but I mean, obviously he's, I mean, he's going to go down as probably the greatest, at least statistically, like what you accomplish on the court. He's going to go down as the greatest coach in the history of the game. Like he's a very good coach. Yeah, he's very he's good. a punk ass, but he's a really good coach. But yeah. but I think Kelly Harper, she has to get some minds in there offensively to kind of expand, and then then it's just about recruiting the right you know the right group of girls and kind of hitting on that that magical group where there's a two or three year run where you're really 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 good. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know. It's going to be tougher now too with it. Like Rakia J- Jackson's a transfer, and she might be our best player. She wasn't last night. It was Jordan Horston, but like I don't know. I think chemistry is very, very important in the women's game. Mm. Well, Houston, you made you you know you made a lot of good points there, man. I guess we'll just have to, to wait and see. I would I, love nothing more than, than than for Kelly to be the person to, to do it. So, um, considering her background, but yeah. guys, I'll get off here and uh, you know just remember, uh, Texas would still be North Mexico without this. Great state of ours. Y'all take care. Thanks for the call, Jay. Damn right. Yeah, I I met Kelly Harper when she was at Western Carolina. I think she was she was. Is that uh, after NC State? Because she was at was Auburn before. then NC. Okay, she I went think. to Auburn first. Okay, then right. Western Carolina, then NC State. That sounds right. Uh, she was recruiting one of our one of our kids, and uh, she was perfect, professional, super nice, um, easy to e- approachable. Which sometimes college head coaches are are not you know? right, right. Um, although most of the women women's coaches that I've met and dealt with, and maybe the men's coaches are that way. Too. I don't know. They they all seem very kind. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know how else to say. It. Like like down to earth. Even yeah. You know what I mean. Like not like not uppity. You would think you would think some of them would, would be. I can think of one, <laughs> but um. Actually, he wasn't really that way. Luigi? He really wasn't. Wow. I mean, he was a little bit of a smartass. Hmm. This one this one poor coach, he asked him what his favorite rebounding drill was, and he did kind of just crap on him. He's like, well, I just try and recruit great rebounders. I don't really. We don't drill it. We don't run rebounding drills at UConn. <laughs> like, we, we got other stuff to do. Jeez. That, that was the most, you know, that's my worst Geno quip i guess but uh but no kelly harper was was i mean she was awesome i'm kind of like jay but like that's who we have you just have to try and give her everything she needs and just give her and just see you know like i it's it i feel like she's one of those coaches where i can't i can't tell like we watched jeremy pruitt for a minute and we're like ah this is not gonna work you know and then Mm -hmm. and then and then once they won a bunch of games against pretty bad teams and close you're like you kind of hoped. You're like, well, maybe. Like, maybe he'll figure it out. Yeah. Same thing with Butch Jones. You're like, we even talked about it. The most positive we got about Butch Jones was if he'll just keep recruiting and kind of get out of the way a little more on game day, maybe. Like, maybe. You know, you had that run, you're five and like, maybe this is. But we all kind of knew it wasn't it, you know. Uh, Josh Heupel, like, he has an identity. He has a, he has a shtick. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a. And and I don't know. May, maybe it'll never be good enough to win the national championship. Maybe with our, but it's it's obviously good enough to beat really good teams, you know. And and you get better some better players on defense, and you're attracting good players on offense. 
you can see how Josh Heupel's format of the program could work already. Mm-hmm. And it might not, you know, it might have a ceiling that we can't tell yet. Kelly Harper, I mean, I don't watch as much as I used to either, but I can't, I can't, they don't, I don't watch them and go, God, it's completely incompetent. Like, it's coaching malpractice. Yeah. But I also don't watch it and go, oh, man, this, she's a special talent on the sideline. She's just in that range of like, I mean, just all, it's, coaching's, coaching's tough. She's in that range where it's like, eh, maybe a little above average, maybe a little below average. I can't tell, you know? She's at Tennessee. Like, it's pretty easy to recruit at Tennessee, even still. I mean, you make a call as the Lady Vols head coach, like, people are picking up the phone. You're about to lose some of that luster, though, that you have as a program if you keep trending on the way you're going now. That's, I mean, that's true, and every, and we, and we know that. I mean, that's, to me, I just, I don't want Tennessee, I don't want the Lady Vols to end up being going through some of these UCLA. Like to me, UCLA men's basketball and Tennessee women's basketball are kind of that similar thing, or could mm-hmm. become that. I mean, UCLA's top ten team, but at the moment, I mean, they made a Final Four recently. You know, it's they. Did they, did they win it? No. Oh, okay. That was the, the final, uh, right? Yeah, who'd they lose to? That was the Jalen Suggs hit the half quarter. For Gonzaga, yeah. Final four. yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I just – I'm in wait and see. I hope she I hope she does it. I hope she does. What year is this for her? This is year four. So I think you just give her all the support and whatever and you see how it goes, and then if it doesn't work, then you just try to identify the most elite coach you can get and you just go after yep. her or him and get and get them and then, and then go from there. All right, we'll come back, kick off hour number two next.